Ah. That one's perfect for looping. This is Annie Gamers Podcast number 34 for Saturday, December 11th, 2010, and we are podcasting from inside of a 4x4x4 block hut made out of dirt. Hey everybody, I'm your host Evan Minto, also known as Vamptvo. My first co-host today is Elliot Page, Annie Gamers manga and game reviewer, as well as the host of Luke and Elliot's Bear Fighting Extravaganza Podcast. Hey! Next up is Wasted Ink. Uh, he is a longtime Annie Gamers reviewer and columnist. Hola. So, uh, I, those those hellos were probably not enough for people to get to know who you guys are. It's just one word each. Then they should read the site. Well, they're not going to... No, I mean, they're not going to recognize the voices. <laughs> They'll figure it out. That was just ink right there. The one with the British accent is Elliot. Yo. Uh, anyway, before I go any further, um, I should just let people know this episode is going to be a What You've Been Doing show, which is uh, a kind of uh, a type of show that we do where we just kind of chat informally about whatever anime manga and video games we've been watching reading and playing uh so moving on we haven't had an anime gamers podcast episode in a while i apologize for that uh it's because i've kind of overloaded myself with work this semester uh and i will be trying to rectify that in the future so i can keep a more uh more regular update schedule so if you uh if you're interested in other appearances like on other podcasts that i've been on in the past like few months when we haven't had an anime gamers podcast uh i was on the manga plasma podcast twice the first time i uh, was we were talking about the dragon ball manga with sean russell from anime 3000 and the host of the podcast near uh second time we talked about halloween and the manga princess i or the i guess uh oel manga princess i by tokyo pop with uh daryl surratt from anime world order and also i, I actually was the first a guest in uh, the 20 Questions podcast, which is a kind of mini podcast series that uh, Sean Russell runs at Anime 3000, where he asks uh, podcasters and other anime personalities uh, 20 questions about themselves, about whatever. It could be about anime, it could be about your favorite fast food, or, you know, random stuff. It was actually a lot of fun, so you should check that out. So, Let's uh, let's move on to what we've been doing. Does anybody particularly want to start? Have anything that they're itching to talk about? Oh well, okay, sure. It's kind of weird because at the moment I'm kind of I'm moving house in a few weeks again, and so it's gotten to the point where I'm starting distilling my manga down and I'm revisiting things to think whether I should actually lug them across the country with me all over again. And one rather depressing little discovery um, actually came in the mail the other day, and I took delivery of um, Devil Detroit Metal City Volume Five. Um, oh boy. <laughs> which I've enjoyed the series, like, up till now. And it's going to sound rather weird, but I kind of opened it, read for it, flicked for it, and put it down and walked away. And I think I'm done. Like, I think I'm done with that series as it stands, where the series, while it kind of pokes fun at everything I like poking fun at, because I used to take part in it myself, like bizarre death metal and, you know, just insane junk and various social jokes. But. Volume five has reached a point where they're kind of recycle where the author is kind of recycling an awful lot. Um, the exact same 
sort of method and setup of the comedic situation is being repeated. Um, the exact same problems are being reparated, but presented as new. Um, Sub-characters who had their plots resolved are now suddenly back because they maybe they ran out of ideas and wanted to reintroduce them again. And they appear, and you think, wait, they've been sorted out, and that entire joke's been done. But then they go through the whole motions again of existing on the page, and then shuffle off again at the end of the chapter to no real com comedy or effect. And so, yeah, it's kind of depressing that it's kind of become a bit rote, and I'm not quite sure if I'm going to continue buying past Volume 5. I believe it's finishing up in Japan right now. Um, have either of you guys read Detroit Metal City at all? I haven't read the manga, but I did see the live-action movie version of it. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I mean to see that still. I thought that was that was pretty funny, and I've been meaning to check out the manga. But would you would you recommend all the uh, the volumes before five? Yes, volumes one to three are great, flat out great. Um, the only problem is at the, end of, at the end of volume four, things start to falter a bit because it introduces a tournament, which you know normally oh, no. normally the purview of um shonen and manga suddenly appears and it's like oh yeah let's have a battle of the bands tournament and i sort of read this and i thought yeah battle of the bands i remember this sort of wait a minute this is a tournament and it was kind of a bit horrifying to realize that that had just happened in this music manga um but yeah volume four kind of stays the course but gets a bit goofy and then doesn't really recover sadly um but yeah, volumes one to three, I can give my wholehearted recommendation to um, as something to definitely check out. Yeah, and for people for people who don't know, Detroit Metal City is basically just a, a comedy about a like a, a Kiss style, or even crazy. They look like Kiss, but they are crazier than Kiss. Like a heavy metal band that's kind of very very over the top, and they, as far as I remember, they have like songs about rape and things like that, yep. and it's 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 very very crazy. Uh, at least what I've seen of it is is quite funny. The the lead singer is actually like this kind of wimpy acoustic indie pop singer who uh, it turns out he has a natural talent for being a the front man of a uh, a crazy death metal band. Yeah, the sorry I I completely skipped that bit, but yeah, the, like you say, the central conceit is the fact that the main character is in fact a complete pansy, and he's not very good at what, doing what he wants to do, but he's very good at doing right. this, he's very very good at, do, at being a complete sadistic Norwegian death metal guy. Um, by accident and it's quite funny seeing him go back and forth because sometimes he pulls out the sort of Swedish death metal persona of Johannes Krauser the second Lord Emperor of Hell etc um, but he, 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 at times he sort of leans on it because he likes it and sometimes he leans on it because he just he wants to get out of a terrible situation it, that's where the main source of comedy and strife comes from for the character but like I say like the new volume it seems to be they just recycling things now which is depressing Really to see happen. Would would you call it a like an ironic metalocalypse? I don't know if you guys. Uh, yeah, get I've it seen a bit time. of that. Um, we have metalocalypse ho over here in the UK, but I've never actually seen it. I probably should, um, but um, I can't really say. Sorry. Because in, in that program, it's more uh, this ultra death metal characters who you know are their own characters as opposed to the the lead in uh, Detroit Metal City, who's you know obviously the opposite of what he's trying to portray. Oh, no, the, the plot the plot's a little different, but uh, I think the appeal is very similar. It's a lot of like parodies of death metal. So like someone who enjoys Metalocalypse would probably enjoy Detroit Metal City. Yeah, there's like a flat out there's like a four, there's like a three chapter arc where they just it just it just mocks the hell out of all punk, um, just for just mercilessly. Which <laughs> is yeah, I think it's in the third volume, but it is absolutely great because it's just like oh by the way, there's also punk available. Let's take the Mickey out of them, and it kind of goes from there. Um. But yeah, that's the one main thing I've been sort of doing is while well, I've been tidying out. Um, also, failing to do my Secret Santa 
um, item, which was Barkanova, <laughs> which I, I really, I'm really looking forward to doing, but I just haven't had time to is, do. Is yet. that, is that still available on Hulu? And do you get? We don't Hulu. get Hulu here. We get. Um, oh IP God! But it came out recently in the UK in a single purchase um, item, and I bought it at a convention, mm. and I've got it on my on my desk. Um, in fact, that's a very good show. Yeah, you gotta I, watch that. I have it right in front of me, like sat. I can. I'm staring at it right now, um, but I just haven't had the time to sit down and watch it. I, I'm probably just going to marathon it tomorrow. I think. Yeah. So speaking of uh, of manga about death metal, uh, the Lizard Prince, which is not about death metal, it's about a. <laughs> Or a manga. It, <laughs> Segway champions. The best. Uh, no, it, it is a manga, but it's about a... Uh, it's basically like, imagine like the frog prince, right? The princess and the frog, whatever whatever that is. Uh, so like the, the princess kisses the frog and he turns into a, a prince. Uh, it's kind of like that, except the prince is a lizard who looks... I don't even... He looks like a potato chip the way he's drawn by the manga author. And uh, he, I, I guess, he's got magical powers when he's a lizard. And then, like, he tra- he transforms to look like his brother or something and goes on a date with the girl, and she, like, falls in love with him, but then finds out that that wasn't really the brother. It was the lizard. And she's like, I love you, lizard. And when she says that, he turns into a pretty boy. It's a shoujo manga, as you may have guessed. I got it from Scott Von Schilling. He had like a review copy and was giving it away. And I was like, okay, I'll review this eventually. Um, It's from beyond that, it turns into like a Fushigi Yugi, like they're in love already, but they're just hanging out now thing. Uh, So there's not really any romantic tension. It tries to be funny. It can be occasionally funny, but it's kind of just like annoying shoujo cliches. It doesn't really go outside of, anything that you would uh you would expect there's like a beach episode and everything uh unfortunately it's only two volumes which means now i feel like i have to just just man up and buy that second volume so i can review the whole series does it seem like the sort of thing where they kind of, the first chapter kind of overshot the mark and used up far too many of the ideas but and then they realized it was going to be a full series so they have to kind of dial it back yeah no actually point. actually that is exactly what it is because the uh, manga author has got those like sidebar columns uh, during it, and she says it was supposed to be a one shot, and then they gave her a full series. Yeah, ouch. So yeah, she just kind of like used up the idea, and then she said her she and her editor sat down and thought really hard about how they could expand the story past the first chapter, which is like really if you've got to do that, you need a new story. You can't. Yeah, that, you can't just be like volume. yeah, this was a good story. We just gotta you know, come up with a way to write a second chapter now that this pretty boy is a lizard. So he turns back, I mean, this lizard is now a pretty boy. So he turns back into a lizard, and it's like, oh, when he thinks about being a lizard, he becomes a lizard. And then it takes him a long time, like a random amount of time to turn back. So it's like some sort of Ron Mahaff thing they're trying to go for, but it's nowhere near as funny as Ron Mahaff. I feel like Ron Mahaff's probably better because of the it's got more distinct rules about how that happens, and so you can kind of, like, get into the, the comedy a little more when you know, like, okay, hot water does this, cold water does this. Uh, so, yeah, that that's that. I wouldn't suggest it yet, but maybe in the second volume it gets better. Maybe I'll buy that second volume. And Either way, there will probably be a review, either of the first volume or the uh, first and second on Anti-Gamers. So, anybody else got something? Ink? I've been doing uh, not not to my own uh, 
requests or anything, but I've I've just been heavy into people fighting monster anime. So I've been I've been like charging through Shikibana Hime, mm. um, Fate Stay Night, who which was my uh, Secret Santa pick, and uh, Claymore. And uh, surprisingly, I I don't usually like the the human versus monster sort of thing, but uh, all three were very entertaining in their own ways. Fate Stay Night, uh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, despite like all the flaws in pacing and character development, Fate Stay Night like starts off as like, well, it'll be in my Secret Santa review, but um, I don't know if I can talk about that before that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you you can talk about it. Just don't like you know talk about all the points of the review. Want to keep right. them uh, keep their their taste buds wet. Is that a term? For the, uh, sure. We're going to wet their appetites. There we go. It's a different kind of wet. We're going to wet their appetites for the review. Well, basically, uh, what 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 it does really well is introduce a lot of characters who are flawed and pair up and, you know, the the there's people who can conjure the warriors, which are magi or, you know, magic wielders, and then the warriors they summon and almost everyone who summons a warrior is perfect except for the main character and the flaws they introduce are really great uh, amongst all the characters throughout the series so they get they do have a good bit of character development but uh what it really lacks is any sort of real humanness to the whole series so mm. um and that was something also common in claymore because what yeah. you have is people fighting their dualistic monster you know because the claymores are human uh i forget the term for the yoma uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, human Yoma half-breeds, so it's people fighting that nature uh, all throughout. And they do a really good job of uh, doing the humans, but the monsters are almost over the top, uh, not believably all monster. Mm. Yeah, I've always been wary of Fate's Day Night because it's uh, based on a like a hentai game series, and so I've always been like, hmm. Well, like, I know it doesn't have that in the anime, but... Yeah. To jump in the line of fire and probably get shot down, I kind of have played Fate Stay Night, the original version, and you can mm. basically just hold the hold town tab through the actual hentai scenes because they're utterly inconsequential and written hilariously badly. So you don't actually have to <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I thought, okay, let's see what these are actually like. And I was like, oh man, this is terrible. No tab. So I got written through the whole thing. But so just to sort of check, just to sort of like ask have you actually read any of the previous sort of stuff face day night or claymore before ink no no the my first introduction to them were, were the actual anime yeah I've, i mean from a personal point of view i've tried to watch face day night the anime for about half a volume and it's really annoying where like, i have an in, the internal sort of editor going it wasn't like that in the visual novel so i've got this like ridiculous unwanted <laughs> internal nitpicker in the back of my head and i eventually stopped watching the series because i couldn't put up with my own idiotic brain telling me it was different so, I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear what it's someone a... who doesn't actually know about the series beforehand thinks. That, that's pretty much what I'm good for, because I did the same thing with all the Full Metals, and I got bitched out a lot for that, too. I was like, uh, it's not the manga. I was like, yeah, I know, It's I'm just talking about the anime. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was watchable. I mean, especially, especially with um, Claymore, because they really changed the ending for the anime, and I watched the anime, and it was like, yeah, great, and then the last four episodes happened, and I, I was in, like, you know, controller-throwing um, mode for the entire last part of that, because, good God, what the hell did they do? But, eh, who knows? I was wondering about that, because the the, the pacing was awesome with that, with the, the flashbacks to uh, not only the, the previous warrior 
who had the main character as an understudy, but then uh, the the kids themselves flashing back and forth between their their lives. And uh, when it comes, the pacing really gets to the final battles. It was fantastic and epic, and then all of a sudden, like you just have this all all now battle in a volcano, which doesn't really seem to have any ramifications whatsoever. Yeah, as soon as the volcano happens, they ran out of manga material, and they didn't want to end it there, so they <laughs> continued. Um, there, uh... from rumor has it, and don't know how much this is, but apparently there was an attempt a while ago to try and get a second season made that would hopefully retcon the ending of the first season and continue onwards, because there's enough manga material now to carry on with. But, yeah, um, it was a nice pretty battle in the volcano, but good god, what the hell? <laughs> what did you want to we want to go back around to Elliot. Yeah, cool. Um, sorry, I've also been watching, um, I don't know how much, but I actually finally bit the bullet and sort of like stuck my money where my mouth is and bought the Crunchyroll subscription. Um, mostly because oh, the, yeah. I- the iPad app is not a pile of crap anymore. So I decided that I'd finally nut up and buy that. And I've been watching, I've been catching up on Panty and Stocking the Garter Pelt, um, one of the currently streaming. I need to watch that. It, no, you really do need to. Um, it's really weird. I well, I'm gonna preface it, but it, I think it's the anime haters anime, in the. Oh my god, that's my anime. That's it, made for me. Well, if you if well, if you if you if you well, it's okay. I better I better actually back this up before I get flamed. But if you've gotten bored of like the cliches of anime, and if you've gotten bored of like the set anime styles and tropes and so, etc., then it's great. It's just what you, it's probably what you want to see because. You know, there isn't, there is like no care at all about the con. The the content is great, but there's no care about having to toe the line with anything in particular. I mean, the animation style wildly diverges from episode to episode. Different plot lines are completely off the wall. The latest episode had a, I think it was an episode. It was like Invader Zim, where nothing happens. It's basically a day in the life of the two characters while they're sat on a sofa waiting for dinner, and that's the entire conceit of the episode. I think it was Invader Zim did one of the same called Zim Eats Waffles or something, where literally nothing happens apart from the main character eating waffles. <laughs> Except in this case, they're waiting for a di- they're waiting for dinner, which you never, which actually doesn't turn up. So, yeah. So what you're saying is it's directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi. Like that sums up everything you just said. Oh yeah, there is that. I I think they changed this sort of screenwriter um, on a sort of episode by episode basis. I haven't been keeping up oh, too is he? well. I think... Is he not the director? I'm no. Not too, I'm not too sure. Um, Okay, I, my internet's going a bit funny at the moment. I can't really check in at the moment. Oops. Um, but no, it's, it is the sort of it is this sort of very refreshing show of like here's a bunch of stuff. Who cares? There's an episode, and it, you know every time you think it's just going. I mean, at times you'll have episodes where there's like zero budget spent, and then the next time there'll be a massive like 3D CG fight along the side mm. of a building. Um, with ridiculous nice. like is is the action good because I know it does yes. have some fighting. Um, if you can, if you even if you think the first few episodes are like boring, skip to episode six because it introduces like the main characters like team rival, no team rocket style right. enemies, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, basically with the whole blasting off again thing, and they just appear and it's like oh here you go here's half an episode here's just twelve minutes of solid action with CG fights in wow. a toilet and then alongside of a building. And yeah, and a pair of Humvees um, are charging into each other. It's great, <laughs> flat out great. Really refreshing to see. Um, just Gynax just pull everything out and go. Yep, here's something. Suck that. So yeah, just for for people who don't uh, who aren't aware, here Yuki Imaishi, who is uh, we're not entirely sure. I guess exactly what uh, part he played in the show, but I, I think I thought he was the director. Anyway, he. Uh, he directed Gurren Lagann, which is, you know, pretty big. A lot of people have seen that. And uh, he's also well-known for Dead Leaves, which is a, a 
Madhouse OAV, I believe. Uh, and that's like very crazy. The The style is kind of similar. It's a little bit more mature and less Nickelodeon looking than Panty and Stocking, but uh, it's Definitely. a kind of similar crazy style. And uh, he's also kind of got one of his big starts on uh, Magical Shopping Arcade of Benabashi uh, on episodes three, which was a science fiction episode, and I think 12? I forget what the episode was. The Hollywood episode was also him. It's got a very distinctive style. So he's got a he's got a style that's almost anti-anime, and I, I commend that, actually, yeah. because it's uh, it's very different. It, it gives a totally different like perspective on what anime can do. So he's a he's definitely an up-and-coming animator to, to check out, and that's a good show, yeah. I think, to get people started. No, to back up, you are right. Um, Imi Aishi is the director of this series. Um, he's also done some script writing, storyboarding, episode directing, and key animation. Yeah, he's basically the guy behind this show. Yeah, okay, there's one part in one episode where there's a South Park reference, and that basically is him reaching into the TV. <laughs> it's him reaching out the TV and saying, hi, I'm here, you know. Because he, he does, I think he did that in, um, in some other things as well, but he's been in. Yeah, I believe he referenced South Park somewhere in um, Abenabashi. But... It's been a while since I watched Magical Shopping Arcade. Uh, the, the the animation style behind Dead Leaves, I was just thinking, reaches out to uh, Redline as well. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. Doing... And that's also yeah. Madhouse. Yeah, yeah. Is he the same guy? Is he involved in that project at all? He is. Is he? He was, he is? He was in key animation. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um. His his A and M page is actually surprisingly long. I might have to go back and see where he fits into various places now. Um, yeah. That that guy that guy's fun to watch. Uh. If you if you're interested in like looking at his his like filmography, uh, Abenabashi is always fun because if you watch that third episode, it's basically the prototype for Gurren Lagann. As as far as I understand, like he made this robot fight between these robots that look basically like if you take the two sides and combine them, they would be Gurren Lagann. Uh. And I assume what happened was somebody at Gynax said, that's a great idea. Make a whole show out of that. Yeah. Goes back to the old uh, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Hey, we want a show about spaceships. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's... Uh, I, I definitely want to check that out, and I've, I've heard good things. Uh, so what do I have? If we're talking about... No, I can't, I can't transition to it. Gundam Unicorn. I've been watching Gundam Unicorn. Uh... My roommate got it on Blu-ray, which is, uh, that's pretty awesome. So we, we got to watch the first two episodes of it. Um, it might be my favorite Gundam show ever. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of original Gundam, like 0079, uh, the, the trilogy, the movie trilogy, which, uh, have you finished the third one of that, Elliot? Cause I know like oh. a while back we were talking about it. Yeah. I, I finally manned up and kind of watched the second and third movies back to back. Yeah, that mm. was probably a mistake. Actually, it was kind of harrowing. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very sad. Uh, the original Gundam movies are are fantastic. Uh, some people, like wrong people, crazy people, will tell you that Zeta Gundam is the best Gundam. They are completely crazy. They don't know what they're talking about because uh, original Gundam is definitely the best. But Gundam Unicorn is is competing because it has got uh, what I kind of realized after watching the the second episode is. Uh, it takes kind of the atmosphere and the the pacing and everything from uh, alternate timeline Gundams, which have kind of grown up and modernized uh, a lot of things since original Gundam. So they've they've kind of become a bit more palatable. The animation is obviously a lot a lot better now, and things like Double O. And they've got this kind of modern sense of of terrorism and guerrilla warfare that wasn't quite there in original Gundam because it was made in uh, 1979. So it takes that atmosphere 
and puts it into the Universal Century timeline, which is the timeline of original Gundam. Uh, so for me, as someone who like grew up on Gundam Wing, which is alternate timeline, but then grew to like original Gundam, it's the perfect combination because it's got that, that tone but placed into the universe that I really enjoy, which is Universal Century. Uh, it's, it is, it's great. It's well-written. It, it uh, fixes a lot of the problems that I think are in uh, things like Zeta Gundam, uh, where like Zeta has a lot of people, people uh, talking about philosophy while they are fighting each other, whereas uh, all of the fighting is just it's on its own in Unicorn. People just they fight, and then they talk philosophy later after they're done fighting, which makes a lot more sense. I just prefer the fighting to be like actual military fighting. And also, they managed to illustrate what people mean about their, about like the, the Tomino space philosophy that they're talking about, uh, with, you know, rather than just having like the way they did in Zeta a lot, which where it's just Char's mouth flapping while he talks about space noids and new types and gravity or whatever. It actually has like, it, it has like a kind of montage of scenes that illustrate what the person is talking about so I don't fall asleep when someone's teaching me their space philosophy. Animated information drops. Yeah, it's a, it's actually it's really, really good. And the dub is great. It I mean there are a couple problems here and there. I think it's I think Bang Zoom does it. Uh but it it's fantastic. Uh the I think it's uh Stephanie Shea does uh does Audrey in it, who uh is also a a fantastic character the blonde haired girl from the the front is like completely not a damsel in distress she is one of the best Gundam heroines I've ever seen uh she's like totally in charge and people are like we're gonna take you as a hostage and she's like fine take me as a hostage I'm calling the shots anyway uh so yeah it's it's definitely a, a really really good time it's easily one of the best universal century Gundams I've ever seen so, have either of you seen Gundam Unicorn or um, anything intended to just seen the preview yeah it's currently it's currently only out blu-ray i think i forget when uh bandai's dvd version comes out but i will probably buy that because i don't have a blu-ray player myself uh that might already be out i'm i don't want to stop the podcast to look it up but uh yeah it's it's definitely worth getting for universal century fans it might not make a lot of sense to other people so like don't just be like yeah watch double o i want to watch this other gundam show it's definitely for fans of of universal century and there are a lot of references to universal century stuff that that are are there to please uh fans of like the original series one of these days i've actually just got a you know, see a timeline of Gundam releases because the only Gundam I ever caught was uh, <laughs> whatever aired on Adult Swim, yeah. and uh, I enjoyed the the first what, first series that aired. I think it was Seed uh, or Wing. One of Wing. The two. Wing is the first in America. Okay, yeah. So I saw Wing, and I really liked that, especially when they got down to the planet surface and they were dealing with the king- one kingdom under fire uh, sort of bit, and that had the sort of strong female lead on that one too. Um, was but- that Relina? I, th- the, I believe so. The princess, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I thought she was a great character, and I, th- I thought all the all the relationships in that one were well developed, and the battlefield commentary, like you said, where it was kind of segmented, you know, yeah, let let's fight while we're up in the space, and you know, talk while we're on the surface. Yeah, Wing is a little bit different. Uh, Wing is most similar, I think, to Double O of all the Gundams I've seen, uh, but hmm, I don't know what which. Uh, alternate timeline Gundam I would compare the most to Universal Century. Uh, it's it's different. It's a lot more 
uh, well, at times it's a lot more realistic when it's when it's good. Uh, it's it's more realistic than like Wing, which has this kind of like you know five man Gundam team that beats everybody, and their robots are like the best robots ever, and nobody can beat them. Made out of space uh, metal. Yeah, space metal out of Gundanium. Yeah, uh, yeah, just like oh, let's like the most see through plot element need you know ever. It's just like, yeah, okay, it's a plot element. Get on with it. <laughs> Robots. Yeah, it, admit, admittedly, the original Gundam is also made out of a very difficult material to break, but, like, it gets beaten up. It's not just, like, completely indestructible. It's just that uh, I think normal bullets can't touch it. You need to use, like, laser weapons. Uh, but, yeah, I, I actually should probably do an article on that. I always kind of assume that people can find those resources for what Gundam to start with and things like that. But maybe I should do that. I haven't seen all the Gundams, but... We should probably get some people together and, and try to write some sort of guide for people to get into Gundam. Yeah, I, think... I I always just say start with original though, like start with the original movie trilogy, and that's the best way to to get into Universal Century. Not 0080 War in the Pocket. Don't listen to the Reverse Thieves. It's a very good movie, but it's not the best way. Or very good OAV, but it's not the best place to start. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say the same for because um, I watched Wing first when it came out on British TV, and it's kind of it's kind of strange where even now I still know people who watched Wing but never transferred to any other anime. They just yeah, it took it took me a while to get to UC because I originally just watched a bunch of alternate timeline yeah. ones like Wing and G and some Seed and Double O. Yeah, but these people I know they they didn't eat eventually like this is going back away now the years ago when people saw it on tv but they created just wing fans not even gundam fans just people who want right. to see more wing absolutely and then you gave them endless waltz and they said yeah okay where's more and it's like that's it what do you want from me so <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean I, I would agree that going to see universal century movies first is probably the best idea because it gives you the actual like philosophical base of what it's all you know what it's all about i'd say just, and historical that's the important thing about universal century is it's very like historical you have to understand what happened in the previous shows to understand like how that affects the current military situations of the Federation and everybody else. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, just in the whole sort of like Gundam milieu of this is what this is about. If you're not down with this, maybe you should look elsewhere. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I have you seen much of Double O, um, Evan? I saw the first season. I've been meaning to watch the second season now that it's on Crunchyroll. You might not want to. Um, well, I definitely want to. I enjoyed the first season, um, and I'm like, it kind I, of, I need to know what happens. It kind of doesn't go anywhere and gets worse. Um, I don't know. It depends. Uh, I mean, the second season is... Double O, I really like the first season, but the second season is more of the same, but when you want evolution mm. of something instead of more of the same, it kind of hurts. I'm... I would have been satisfied if the show ended at the end of the first season. Yeah. Because I don't want to spoil the end for people. I feel like it's a little bit too soon still. But the ending of the first season is is fantastic. It's like a great twist. It's a really cool kind of cliffhanger. And I think it would have been cool if they just ended. And you were just like, oh, that's it. (laughs) That's the way it ends. Especially the surprise villain, which is great. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Uh, But, no, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing the um, Double O movie. Um, which I Pat's from Insert Disc keeps making references to, and I dare and ask him, just tell me about it. So, because I want to see it firsthand. But that'll be interesting to see how they do that, seeing as they're going to bring aliens into it, in, where normally Gundam doesn't have aliens whatsoever. There are aliens? In, in what? The, I didn't hear about that. Double O, no, Double o movie introduces aliens of a sort. Um, that's, I don't what know. What is this, Indiana Jones? <laughs> no, shut up, shut up, shut up, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it, I'm trying to forget about that film. 
but yeah, I'm. But yeah, I, I. My original point was, I agree with you. The, the double, the original movies are the best to see first, I believe, because they work very well on their own. And they're super sad. Yes. So sad. <laughs> uh, so, I think who are we on now? Ink, and then we'll talk about Minecraft when you're done, because we're uh, running a little long. Uh, uh, then I'll just bring up two things. Uh, one to transition, and one to start off was. Uh, I've just begin uh, began watching Tatami Galaxy, um, which I know mm. came out like two seasons ago, but I had to yeah, stop I to watching. Watch I, I had to stop watching after the first episode because like I had had like two glasses of wine, and <laughs> the the narrator for the episodes or you know the voiceover, it sounds like the Micro Machines guy uh, John Moshida, um, just go barreling through episodes at like 90 miles an hour and i was like dude i can't read that fast and i was like pausing every 30 seconds just to read like a screen capture it's like two it's two lines long two lines long and it takes up the entire screen it's like oh come on yeah there's a lot of weird weird uh like text or weird like i I wanted to say dialogue narration there we go like weird dialogue and narration in that show where people just like say weird stuff really quickly and you're like what yeah. And it is really beautiful, and the, the, the story's, I think, mm. really well-crafted so far. I've watched all of two episodes before I had yeah, to that's, rest Yeah, that's all I've seen, too. Yeah. But uh, I, I enjoyed the animation and the, the, the way... Uh, pausing every 30 seconds, as I had to do, is like you can really appreciate what's going on in the background, uh, like little little tricks of animation and whatnot. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything else by Masaki Yuasa, that director? He did a Mind Game, most notably. No, I don't believe so. Yeah, I saw that. I did not enjoy it. So I came into Tatami Galaxy being like, oh no, it's going to be another Masaki Yuasa makes a show for Masaki Yuasa. <laughs> it turned out to be slightly better than that based on the first two episodes. And uh, the other thing I was thinking of was uh, I, I you know, just recently got involved in Fable 3 for like five days of my life. and <laughs> um, Cumulative, anyway. And so I went back and played Fable 1 because I hadn't played it in forever, and I finally got a used copy, because someone stole mine. And uh, I, I was just found myself laughing. Uh, it's a better story, it's a better game, like, overall, but the, the going back to the uh, the, the graphics, uh, oh, yeah. and, and watching all the bobble-headed children walk around was just hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's oh. true. Everybody's, like, really out of proportion in Fable. Oh, totally. And slightly terrifying in the way that you know, the original Xbox tried to mimic humans as much as possible, but when they're talking, it looks like <laughs> there's this embodied voice coming from five feet behind them. It, yeah, terrifying children everywhere. Everywhere. Well, that that could actually tie into something. I was reading the, the Oddworld Stranger's Wrath review for the re-release, The Odd Box. I don't know if either of you have uh, gotten into that at all. No, not really. Nope. Uh, uh, well, the first release of Oddworld's uh, Quintology was on... Uh, on the Xbox was uh, the or the second actually was uh, Stranger's Wrath and they had trouble uh, with the voice to lip flap uh, speed they couldn't actually program in the the proper recording speed so everything looked off when they did it hmm. yeah Shame. just yeah. something odd odd, odd. <laughs> <laughs> oh didn't <laughs> so uh, now let's talk about the 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 one thing that we all can or not all of us, that, that both Elliot and I have uh, have been doing. I guess you stopped, though. Well, Minecraft. Yeah. 
as as ter- I have to say this just because I want to say it uh, for once in my life, but man, I was into wine- Minecraft before it was cool and everyone knew about it. What the hell's all yeah, this? Yeah, man, junk? he was into it back when it was indie, dude. <laughs> back it when it was just someone, just when it was one Norwegian guy and one computer <laughs> and no updates ever. It was just so, one dude. It was so lo-fi. Yeah. Well, it, so it, I think Minecraft is the game you could call lo-fi no matter when because hey, true cubes. <laughs> Hope you like voxels. Right. So yeah. So let's let's introduce this to people who don't know about it. You know all two of you because really minecraft like everybody knows about this thing now uh if you ever played dwarf fortress that is probably the best comparison uh dwarf fortress was a game where you would have like this massive massive world and you could go around and make all these like fortresses and things and and you're you're a dwarf and you're it's like kind of you're just in this wilderness uh except it's all made out of ascii text so well, the reason it was able to be so huge was because it was like completely lo-fi. It was down to the barest minimum they could possibly get it to. Uh, the main dif- what were you gonna say? Sorry, the I- main the main difference is that Dwarf Fortress, the main mode of it, you're actually hands off and not interacting at all with the actual um, universe itself, unless you're playing adventure mode, where Dwarf Fortress was kind of a dungeon keeper simulator. But as you say, it, it did process an awful lot of stuff oh, okay. by the simple dint of it having no graphics whatsoever apart from ASCII. Um, thankfully, it's improved a lot. I was basing that description off of like the five minutes of Dwarf Fortress. Oh I've no, ever sorry. Played. I, I've played. I have played upwards of 150 hours of Dwarf Fortress. Um, that was my kind of. Wow. That was my crack. <laughs> that was my crack pipe before Minecraft, and then I kind of skipped off of Dwarf Fortress and found <laughs> Minecraft. So I appear to be some kind of weird, like n- indie flitty fly man who keeps jumping from thing to thing. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, no, there's another description. I think there's another sort of um, a con- a comparison you can make with. Um, was it um, Spelunky and Infiniminer, which are kind of the pre- precursors to Minecraft, and especially Infiniminer was hmm. kind of the. It's, I haven't heard of these. Yeah, you had a randomly generated world, um, just set underground, where you could set down different color blocks in a creative mode and make like pretty patterns or you know a picture of Pikachu in the sand, and various things like that. And it was also like a more sort of adventurous mode where you try and make contraptions or just dig for resources. Um, hmm. Kind of like I suppose Miner Dig Deep on the Xbox Live indie games, which is you you're on the surface, dig down to find stuff and make your fortune. That was kind of the idea. Where Minecraft creates an entire world based on it with you know topside and caves and giant spiders who want to eat you. Yeah, uh, Minecraft is I I love it because it is you know it, it's this this open world and everything is completely open this is probably because of the fact that it's a an alpha right now so there hasn't been like a plot added but actually i prefer it without a plot because it has this sense of of not like having the conceit of narrative in it at all it just says like here's a world you have you have nothing on you you just have your hands survive like monsters are going to come out at night you need to dig up some dirt make yourself a house and live out the night and then you know like keep building up and keep mining more you know like cut down a tree and make a house out of that or make sticks or make a sword or make a pickaxe and then mine some some stone so it's uh, i guess the buzzword for that would be it's like emergent gameplay but uh yeah it's what i think is is really awesome about it is the way the uh the developer notch he he so far has not ever tried to put anything narrative in it yeah Uh, not yet i mean it's yeah i hope he doesn't his eventual, his eventual sort of plan, I believe, is to make it 
into an actual adventure game, but he's right now it's at mechanics. Um, just while we're actually recording this, he's just announced that the game is going to beta on 20th of December. So it's actually going to start getting oh, a bit wow. more serious business. Um, given that you know the game, the game kind of it kind of caught fire because it 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 ha- I think it I think like you say it is highly emergent. But not only that, not only does the game give you the emerging patterns, but the player it's a reflection of the player. Like, right? If you are the sort of kid who would get a Lego set and you would look at the instructions and go, no way, I can totally do better than that and make your own thing. This game is pretty much for you because you. Like you say, you start with your own hands and you can make tools out of stone or metal when you find it. And it is just this toolbox for you to then make a ridiculous sky castle or a treehouse or a massive cave complex if you just want to do that sort of thing. Or like you can do what I did and make like a ridiculous bridge over between two land masses and make a yeah. weird underhanging like little house underneath the bridge. So... You know, things it's just a, a great playground for imagination because the entire thing relies just simply on mouse combination like just clicking you know you click to break down a block to pick it up you pick you click to place blocks and materials you click to make tools it's all very there's no sort of like press x to choke the giant with his own gut sort of deal it's, yeah yeah there's no like there's, <laughs> like you said there's no game there's no like requirement for gameplay where you have to learn combos to kill monsters Pretty much, you just have to run away because they'll murder you horribly, um, as it stands. Well, you 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 can you can get enough like armor and weapons, and you can learn enough strategy to be able to do it. But it is, it's like you don't have to. It's it's not like a combat system per se. It's like you just click them. The only thing you're learning is like, okay, zombies are two blocks high, which means I can build things where it's like, you know, there's an opening on the bottom so they can't get through, and then I can stand in a trench and shoot them, but it's all stuff like you have to invent these strategies for for getting enemies, rather than, like, yeah, press X, or, like, learn this button combination to do it. Yeah, and I think the, I think the game has the one best minion or enemy in the game, which I think is very special to Minecraft, which is the Creeper. It's basically, mm. r- rumor has it that it was originally attempted at a sheep model that went horribly wrong, and it's an oh, upright, really? <laughs> four-legged, green, unhappy-looking person. And he comes up to you silently and starts hissing. And this means he's going to explode, because apparently he's made out of dynamite. And so this creature comes up behind you, start hissing, and if you don't run away very quickly or kill it as soon as you can, it will explode, taking a good amount of your life and about four cubes radius of a hole in, this, in the environment. Which, if you yeah, which means it's really dangerous to any structures that you make. Yeah, I mean, I had my one of my one of my favorite games I made was I had a massive treehouse or um, just built into the the arms of this massive tree, and somehow one of them spawned um, in a nearby hillside, came along, and blew up the main entrance hallway and most of the actual work I've been doing for the past hour, and I just uninstalled the game. I just kind of closed the game after that and didn't go back for it for a while. <laughs> Because it was like, no, my creation gone forever by a single green bastard. So, yeah. Yeah, one of, uh, back to the, the narrative uh, discussion, because I think that's actually, at least for me, that's the most important uh, part of, like, analyzing this game, is uh, the, what really struck me was when this, this idea of the nether got integrated into the game, which is basically like a hell world, and you make a, you know, you make this, like, ring of obsidian blocks, which are pretty hard to get. Uh, you have to be playing for a while and dig down pretty deep to make them. Uh, and then you, like, light a fire in it and it makes a portal and you go through to this other world. And in the nether, 
if you go, I think like one block, it it's eight blocks. I think or something it's like that. twenty. Six, Sixteen. I think it's one twenty. Sixteen, twenty, something like that. Uh, but it'll go like it'll kind of multiply the amount of distance you go. Uh, so you can use it for fast travel. What I found so interesting about that was that it was almost like Notch said, "I need a way to fast travel," and he said, "Okay, this hell world. We're just gonna put a hell world in, and there's no narrative explanation for why there is a hell world." Like there's no there's no reason why it's there, which you could call that a problem, but I think that's that's the way to make a game because the story is what you do. The story is not what Notch tells you you're doing, at least for right now. It's all like there's just these things and they're there and and they're not they don't have to fit into some framework of what the story is and who your character is. Your character is defined by his actions, and I think I think that's a good way to design games. That's like that should be the future of of designing games. That it's like it doesn't need to imitate a movie and have this like distinct narrative. It, the narrative can just be made up of your actions. That's what really makes games interesting. I think it definitely helps. Um, just is is relevant, but have you ever played the game Lost in Blue, which was on the DS? Uh, I've no, I've heard about okay, it. Okay, um, it's kind of a, it was a semi sequel to the game Stranding oh, Kids on Game Boy. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the uh, survival on the island one, right? Yeah, which was which was itself good, but the main what Stranding what the problem that Stranding Kids and to a lesser extent the various Lost in Blue sequels had was it was about surviving, and the surviving itself was fine as it was. You had to keep yourself fed, warm, and watered. That was it was great and very interesting to explore while trying to keep those things under wraps. The problem was the games had an underlying narrative, and if you didn't follow the narrative, it failed you which was frustrating because you were perfectly happy being alive um, in the game. And it had a very, especially in Lost in Blue, it had a very oppressive narrative where if you didn't actually fulfill the narrative, it became harder and harder to keep yourself alive. And eventually it just kept you at a very subsistence level of existence where the game stopped being fun, where the simple act of survival of building traps and trapping deer and picking mushrooms and determining which ones were healthy and good to cook. I mean, that, was a, that it's in itself was a great joy to have, but when the game tried to expand itself, fell flat horribly. And I worry that if Minecraft oh. tries to actually be like, oh, go kill ten skeletons and bring me their femurs or butt bones or whatever. No! Yeah, exactly. I don't want that. It'd be, it'd, it might go very badly. Yeah, the, the survival mode really is... I, that's really where I think the game needs to stay. It just needs to be a more rich version of that survival mode. What, uh, what would you say to like a food and drink requirement? Absolutely, I would love that. Yeah, like so, where you you would maybe start losing health if you didn't drink uh, or or eat food for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, I think Fallout didn't Fallout New Vegas incorporate a feature like that. It has a hardcore mode. The problem uh, is that it's once you play for about half an hour, you don't ever need to think about it again because you've looted so much food and water that you're kind of okay. Oh yeah. Um, you're pretty much. Um, even in the original Fallout, they had the uh, you know the the food soaked with so much radiation. You know mm. you could only eat you so much per time. And, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, I was gonna say Minecraft is a. Uh, I, I find it interesting that it's it's basically the ultimate resource management game. Uh, you know, people talk about resource management in like a an RPG or something, but really you're managing like so many resources because you're also worrying in Minecraft. You're not just worrying about like how much wood I have. But you're worrying about planting trees because if you cut down all the trees in your area, then you need to you need to plant more trees or else you just don't have a supply of wood. And if you run out of that, then you've got to like either if you know plant trees or if you don't have any more saplings to plant trees, you would have to just like get a boat and just go off to another continent to find more wood. 
So like you can you can for example you can run out of iron on your your little landmass. Uh, and then if you want to make iron tools, you will have to find another area with iron. Uh, so that's like, I find that so interesting, the way you have to manage not just what you have on you, but like if you're doing large-scale mining, you have to worry about what the, the land has left to give you. Especially when um, when you, especially things you have to actually manage your inventory and store it somewhere safe um, so you don't right. lose it. And especially when you die, you, you don't lose your things, but they <laughs> scatter around your death site. And if that is at the bottom of a tunnel, like at the far end of somewhere, it can, it, it becomes it, it becomes a lot. You become almost attached to materials you've mined. It's like I've mined six iron bars. I I better go to the surface and stash these away before I lose them. I I don't want to lose my iron. It you know it becomes more important than an arbitrary story where you think these resources are high. Like especially when you find diamonds, which are exceedingly rare mm. and make the best tools. But whenever you find a single square of diamond, it becomes like a godsend because you can do so much with it. And you have to be very, very careful around what you use it for and if you lose it. So it, it does transcend. I mean, I keep going back. I'm very sorry. But it, it does transcend a minor narrative of watch out. These things are valuable being told to you by an NPC. It's, instead becomes the player being very worried about their stash and their inventory. To Yeah. And, and that's what's amazing. The diamonds are valuable based only on their use. Like, for example, gold is actually not that valuable in the game because there's nobody to trade it with. Yeah. So, like, gold is just a shiny thing that has the same strength as wood when you make things out of it. So, actually, gold means nothing. Diamond matters not because it's pretty, but because it makes the best tools. Like, the game doesn't tell you explicitly that diamond is valuable. It is only valuable because of its utility. That's pretty awesome. Have they introduced like electricity or anything into this? Because... Uh, some, there's something like it. It's called redstone, where you can make a uh, you can put like a button down, and then if you connect like this uh, a line of redstone dust between like let's say a button and a door, you can uh, you can press the button and the door will open. Uh, and it can get much more complex than that. A guy built a uh, a 16-bit uh, ALU and the arithmetic logic unit, which is the part that does the math in a computer. Uh, he built that Excellent. in Minecraft. It's like miles long. I, I was going to say, because you can substitute gold as a conductor, and maybe that would uh, increase <laughs> its value. And... That would actually be awesome. That might be something he'll add. I, what's so cool is like there's still stuff that's going to be added. You know, like he, Even right now, I think it's a lot of fun, but uh, there's going to be more features in there. Hopefully he keeps the survival mode, because that's really the best way to play. Yeah. Have you played a uh, multiplayer survival online? No, I need to try that. I've heard that's very fun. Multiplayer. And I, I always feel a little bit lonely sometimes in mine, so I, I would like to have other people doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you have a server up for around seven, around a week, you can honestly <coughs> leave it, come back, and then spend about another week just looking at what people have made. I mean, some of the creation... I mean, you, you see, it's been crazy creations made by people. Like, someone made the Enterprise, and someone made... A, oh, my God, that was <laughs> awesome. And someone made a scale model. Two scale. Yeah, that was mad. Yeah. Um, but even better, you just leave you lose, you just leave um, the world alone for a while, and people create the most amazing sort of weird things where someone will make like a very traditional European castle, and someone will make um, you know like a kind kind of like a version of sigil almost in how bizarre the creations can get. And with the fast travel as well, it starts you you do get like fast travel networks and built into the deep underground. <laughs> so you know it, things become more alive when you've got more players because you've got all these different like people mm. you know all their different desires clashing together in this one server space where they make yeah I, a ridiculous amount of stuff so pe 
the people on the on the Geekbox podcast, uh, which I know you listen to, right, Elliot? Uh, yeah. A while back, they uh, they mentioned on a because I'm I'm behind on the episodes, but they mentioned uh, that that they'd really like to see like PvP uh, stuff on uh, on Minecraft servers, like have dedicated multiplayer servers where you can actually fight each other, because then you could have like giant groups of people building like collective fortresses and then fighting each other, which would be Oh my god, that'd be so exciting! Be, oh, like that's the, the kind of game I want to play. It could be like um, it could be capture a flag. It could be like build your own two fort, you know? Right. Like you take instead of having like the map of two fort in Team Fortress Two, you just have two people. We get five minutes to build a fort and then go. Oh, sorry, that's great. That's a great idea. Wow. Yeah, um, and I, yeah. I mean, basically, imagine like Mag, the the first person shooter with like two hundred fifty six players, uh, but where you're not in this preset structure like the structure is defined by the players I, I wasn't even thinking like a like rules like what you're saying where you have capture the flag i'm just thinking like you have us you have just people in this world and they're just like they're just building whatever so you can have two groups fighting each other and then you can have a third group come along and then they you know side with one group or the other where like even the the rules of engagement are emergent I mean, I think the only version of PvP available in Minecraft at the moment is when you get one person who stores about 30 dynamite and then sets it all off at once and yes. causes a server to implode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, it must be the most amusing thing for the server admin. It's like, man, this game's taking up no resources, and all of a sudden it crashes. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> just someone nuked a load of dynamite in my game. And that's the end of it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so um, I think we're going to close out. Do you have anything else to say about Minecraft before we're done? Uh, personally, no. I, I mean, after after saying all this, and I've also just checked uh, yeah. Notch's blog, and it talks about making it into beta. But I got to say that I'm actually, I'm itching to get back into it now, um, especially yeah. now because they also, as a recent thing, I think this is important just as a sort of side note. But they recently introduced biomes, which changes the sort yeah, of yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, which are great because you can have a snowy region, and you know, and it's all procedure generated. Like the game will just as you. I think it's also important to say is that as you walk around in the world. It doesn't have a set edge. It just makes more for you. So as you walk east, yeah, and it then makes it saves land. it to your game. And then if you go back to the same area, it'll be you know the area that you visited before. But if you haven't visited, it's not there yet. So it's saving space. Yeah, it's all potential. It's just yeah, it's ready for you to walk to go in there. And unfortunately, when you start getting towards like you know eight megabyte save files, it chugs a little. But you know it's yeah, that's I think I think that's then the part of the great thing is just how. I hate to keep using the word, but emergent. It just is merging before you. Like, mm. here you go, more land, go nuts. Ah. I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a lot of fun, and it's uh, you do have to pay for it. It's not free, but uh, it's about I think fifteen dollars. I, I forget what it comes out to. Uh, I think it's in pounds. Uh, is what he's uh, it's in it. about fifteen. It's about fifteen euros at the moment. About fifteen euros. Yeah. yeah. So uh, twenty bucks or so. Twenty bucks. Yeah, and. If you buy it now, what you do is you you can play like the alpha. You it's like a you know an indie game. So you you the way those are often sold is uh, you just get rights to this version and all future versions of the game. Like you get a lifetime license to it. Yeah. Uh, and you get an account uh, where you you know your stuff will. I believe it gets backed up to the server or something. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's cl- uh, I think it's cloud based. Yeah. So. Uh, that it's definitely I think it's worth it because you you buy it now you can play this version and then when the beta comes out when the final version comes out you get access to that too uh, and yeah it's a 
it's a lot of fun. I, I highly suggest it to people. Yeah, so uh, that, that's the end of the show. Uh, you can, uh, let's see, I gotta, I didn't actually write down all my, like, outro stuff here. Uh, so if you like the show, you can check us out at podcast.anygamers.com for uh, links to all of our previous posts uh, and as, as well as uh, comments and uh, just, you know, links out to other stuff. Uh, for example, our iTunes page where you can review us and subscribe to us. Uh, we always appreciate more reviews. Uh, what we also appreciate is um, any kind of feedback, like emails. Uh, comments are good, too. But if you want to send us an email, suggest we talk about something, tell us what you thought of any topic that we discussed on this show or any other, uh, email us at podcast at anygamers.com. Uh, yeah, I, th I think uh, that's about it. We also have Twitters. Uh, I am VampTVO, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. Uh, the and Annie Gamers itself is A N I Gamers. Uh, Elliot, you you are well. He's Elliot Page, Page like a page of a book. Yeah, or one word. And then, uh, yeah, one word. And then uh, Ink is Poetic underscore Ink. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you should follow us. We we talk about awesome stuff like uh, like bagels, right? We just talk about what it, what bagel we're eating on Twitter. Bagels with peanut butter. Absolutely. No, not not absolutely. Peanut butter is good, but let's not. <laughs> let's not go mad bagel. here. Let's not go mad. <laughs> you got you got to have the butter. It's butter on a bagel. But anyway, uh, yeah. So so definitely follow us on Twitter, and that's uh, our website, anygamers.com. I keep saying that's about it, and then I remember things. Uh, we have a website, anygamers.com, where we write text on. You can read it on your screen. Uh, whether that is a computer screen or an iPad screen, I think it'll it'll show up on an iPad. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that that's a website we post reviews and and all sorts of fun stuff. So check that out if you like this podcast. That's it. I'm done. I'm done talking. You guys can say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Merry Christmas. And yeah, happy holidays, that too. Happy New Year. I don't even know if we're going to have an episode out before New Year's, maybe. Probably a short one. You're still talking. I know, right? I just do this. The pod, Yeah, whatever, I'll just cut it off eventually. I have the power of editing. Oh, man. We, the we the episode's probably done right now. Yeah. It's probably been done for 30 seconds, yeah. but I'm still talking. <laughs>